You've got questions. We've got all the answers when it comes to sex and more. This is the A to Z of sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Every week, we pick a series of topics that you've been wanting to know about. It's an encyclopedia of sex, intimacy, relationships, and so much more than that. Let's get things started. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. When it comes to exploring the erotic alphabet, no two people are the same. Mystery Vibe combines the best of humanity and technology to bring you a truly personal pleasure experience. The world's first body adapting vibrator, you can bend crescendo to suit your every desire. Take your solo or partner play to the next level with a mobile app that commands your pleasure across six motors and countless possibilities. Oh, and you can even make your own unique vibration pattern. Crescendo is loved by all, from Women's Health to Forbes. So go to mysteryvibe.com today. That's mysteryvibe.com. So today, the letter is B, and B is for BDSM. BDSM stands for bondage and discipline, dominance and submission, sadism and masochism, and some people say slave and master. Joining me to talk about BDSM and kink, as well as to talk about Divine Deviance, the movie they are producing, is... Now, there's a long list, guys, so be patient. Excuse me. Ray Spannon, and he's been an organizer, writer, educator, speaker, and activist in the LGBT, leather, kink, polyamory, and HIV STI prevention realms since 1973. He has authored two books, been published extensively, and has spoken to hundreds of audiences. He's created the world's largest kink-friendly psychotherapist and medical referral service, and led the DSM project that yielded beneficial changes in the way psychotherapy views BDSM. Race also founded a groundbreaking alternative sexuality publishing company, was an internet radio sex talk show host, received national and local awards, appeared in numerous documentaries, and is currently writes for the Bay Area Reporter. His blog can be found at www.bannon.com, and that link will be in the notes that you can find on the radio show page. Next, Jörg Fokely, a critically acclaimed filmmaker, executive producer, and TV director-producer of shows such as Bravo's Queer Eye, ABC's Wife Swap, MTV's Savage You, and AMC's Small Town Security. In addition, Jörg has written and directed 10-plus short films, four feature documentaries, and numerous music videos and PSAs. Among them, Rituals, an award-winning short documentary about the Sundance hooking ritual, and the PSA and interview series, Unsung Heroes, The Leather King Community's Fight Against AIDS. Jorg's most important awards and distinctions include Retrospective at the Goethe Institute in New York City, San Francisco, Chicago, and Mexico City, two Emmys, and a special prize from the International Film Festival in Berlin. Next is Lola de Milo. She's a German systemic sexual therapist and relationship coach with 20 plus years of kink and BDSM activities, activism, and social engagement under her belt. She has been engaged in various projects from the organization of a charity pinup calendar series to appearances on different TV and radio shows to six plus years of PR as a board member of Europe's oldest registered association of kinkster, Smart Rhein Ruhr EV and two years on the board of the German Society of Social Scientific Sexuality Research. Her favorite work apart from coaching is to hold talks and workshops for professionals 
in the social medical therapy sector and for police women and men to promote kink awareness. Adam Outerkirk has been an organizer and activist in the LGBTQ and HIV slash STI service communities since 1981, working to expand freedom and sexual expression for all. Combining passions, he's been able to use his arts and design background and training to broaden access and acceptance through innovative, inclusive programming in connection with healthcare and prevention services, through his involvement with the HIV Story Project and their films, and his ongoing devotion to creative alternative exploration. And Beatrice Stonebanks has been in the San Francisco BDSM scene for 20 years and lives in a 24-7 master-slave relationship as the loving dominant with a taste for forced femme and forced chastity, zero to 60 edge play, and evolving long-term contracts. Beatrice also has 25 years experience working with leadership teams around the world, increasing revenues as a business development specialist. She knows what works and what doesn't work, both in the boardroom and in the dungeon. Beatrice is the coordinator for the U.S. nonprofit Society of Janus. She is a feminine dominant, a published author, and an award-winning speaker and community outreach leader. And for transparency, I live in a 24-7 master-slave relationship as the slave. I've identified as a slave since I was old enough to put a word to my desires and consider this my sexual orientation as gender does not drive my attractions, dominance does. So welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you. So let's start with talking about, for those who don't know and wouldn't really, their only exposure to BDSM might be popular erotica. What is BDSM? Uh, this is race. I'll, I guess I'll chime in first. Uh, you already explained the acronym, bondage, dominance, discipline, submission, sadism, masochism, etc. And the, the, the acronym means different things to different people. Uh, as a catch-all category of sexuality, I think uh, most people define it as some level of, of physical sensuality combined with some sort of power exchange. And that power exchange does not need to be rigid or stark or extreme. It can be rather subtle and gentle and, and hopefully always loving. Uh, but uh, the, I think that's the, the main differentiator between it and, and other types of sexuality. With that said, there are people who do not exchange power and are vehement that they don't and simply err on the side of the physicality of BDSM, the, the physical, sensual um, reactions they get from everything from very light to extreme sensation. What's interesting to me about that is that um, I probably would argue that they do exchange some form of power. And I have Mm -hmm. been in in discussions with people where they've argued that they didn't because all relationships have a power dynamic. But recently, there's been a real switch to instead of talking about power exchange to talking about um, authority transfer. And I'm not sure if whoever wants to chime in what, what they think of this. I mean, I've been using power exchange for a long time, so making the switch has been quite difficult for me personally. I'll jump in on that one because authority transfer is something that lives for me. I identify as a sir, and I want to be called sir, even though I'm ragingly feminine, and I'm a clearly a feminine dominant. I was vanilla for my first 35 years, and my husband, my partner, my wife, is actually the kinky one who brought me into this one step at a time, and power exchange didn't live for me, but the authoritative component did. I want to be in charge, and BDSM for me is a way of life. 
you can have all those acronyms on top of it. There's labels, there's definitions. Some of us shy away from it. Some of I, some of us identify completely with certain portions, but it's a way of life for me. It's cellular for my partner. And he brought, taught me to live under the premise of as long as someone's getting hurt, we have a successful relationship. I don't care who the top is, the bottom, as long as someone's getting hurt. So it's a way of life. And that means I have to take it that way. Anybody else have something to say about what BDSM looks like? Well, um, the thing is, we in everyday situations at work, um, whether we go shopping, we go to the dentist or whatever, there's always power exchange everywhere. And um, for me, BDSM is actually a way to, to learn how to deal with the power exchange, how to uh, turn it into something that's fun, that's erotic, um, that can help in, in difficult situations, that can um, steer you through trauma. And it's um, an incredibly helpful tool, even just to know about the dynamics and then to choose them and be aware of what's happening. I think that's brilliant, uh, and particularly because I think, as I said earlier, I mean, all relationships do have a power dynamic to them. And one of the things that we can bring to people in more mainstream relationships is an understanding of power and an understanding of how that works in a relationship and the ability to, to make some things concrete and said that are often unsaid, because I find that they cause problems when they're not spoken. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. I think that one of the things that um, BDSM um, practitioners and um, some might say lifestylers. I sometimes um, don't like using that word, but sometimes I do. It depends. Um, uh, I, I think one of the things we bring to the table of sexuality is the ability to openly talk about what we do, why we do it, boundaries, needs, etc. And one of the things we don't do in our society is openly talk about power. Exactly. Because it's there. It's there everywhere. And if, if there's something that we can give society generally, as well as the realm of sexuality, it's this ability to openly talk about such things. Brilliant. So we are just about to go to our first commercial break. And for those of you who are listening, we are going to talk about the changes in the laws in Europe, which should be a really interesting conversation. Divine Deviance, which is the um, movie that they're creating. It's actually um, a series of documentary. And we'll talk some more about BDSM when we come back. Explore your deeper desires. Listen, learn, and live sexy here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry, no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now. 
How do you feel about a non-monogamous lifestyle? Does it sound enticing? Are you worried about what others might think? Your questions are answered on Sex Interrupted with Tara and James. It's a discussion about the swinger lifestyle, non-monogamy, sex, sexuality, and where it all fits in. All we ask is that you listen with an open heart and an open mind, and you will find your desires and fantasies can come true. Tune in to Sex Interrupted with Tara and James every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. So we left, we were talking about BDSM, and we wanted to move to a little discussion about um, how we keep safe when we're doing these things, because some of the things that we do um, can be pushing the edges. We can be causing people pain. We can be receiving pain. So how do we keep safe? So um, I'm going to let Ray start with safe, sane, consensual, which is the first um, set of terms that was really developed around this, and then we'll move on from there. Yeah, safe, sane, and consensual became uh, a mantra of BDSM and and kink players uh, some time ago. It actually originated from an organization called Gay Male SM Activists in New York City. And the actual person who came up with the verbiage was a man named David Stein, who was part of that organization, who is no longer with us. He's kind of a a well-known person. And the idea was to put forth in a very concise uh, phrase what we do and what we consider when we play and do what we do so that not only would people outside of the scene understand in a very quick um, soundbite way that we are reasoned, safe uh, um, people who who do what we do consciously, not unconsciously in in any kind of dangerous way, Um, but also to inform the newcomers coming into the scene uh, with a quick phrase that would allow them to check in, is this safe, is this consensual, um, and you know, move on from there rather than have to have long-winded explanations about what they should and shouldn't do. And so where did we go from there? Adam, do you want to chime in on this? Well, as a, as a person who is more tangential to the community um, and interested in the storytelling that we're doing with Divine Deviance, um, I can't speak directly to the the formation of this or or um, the particular meaning, but for me, one of the things that I enjoyed hearing that um, when I first started working with Ray, Beatrice, Lola, and the rest of the group um, was that there was this kind of safe space um, created by that where people could really explore, and it's uh, the community in general so open to exploring whatever you're willing to explore. And that's the thing that struck me and one of the reasons that has me working on this film. It's exciting to work with people who are talking about what they want, what they need, um, what they're interested in, but in a very respectful, um, loving space. Yeah, I mean, sorry. If I may chime in, this is Jörg. Just like Adam my background is really more from the arts as the filmmaker 
uh, as one of the filmmaker parts of this project, but one thing that attracted me to it, and uh, although I don't consider myself part of the like, immediate um, BDSM uh, circles here in San Francisco, but this idea of A, power exchange, and B, of um, engaging in relationships in a safe, sane, and consensual way is something that does not just apply for the kink community. And I think especially in this day and age where the conversations in public around me too um, have been uh, dominating the news almost daily, I think um, there's actually more to the kink community and to the rules that apply and that have been developed within the community that the greater community uh, can learn from. And I think that's where it gets really, really interesting, not just for people who want to dig into this or become part of the community, but for anyone who who is engaging in any kind of relationship. So uh, ironically, in this day and age where there's so much, like so many bad things happening and so much bad news, um, this small community um, can actually teach everyone, even people who will never set foot into a dungeon, they can teach them so much. And that's one thing that I personally really appreciate and that keeps me uh, getting being in, in, engaged in this project. I mean, it's one of the things that I love about it. I actually will teach workshops with people who would never ever in a million years step foot in a dungeon. And I'm using the same techniques to teach them to recognize power and to negotiate and to create a safe space that I would use within the community. I mean, there's no difference. Um, And then I'll educate them about widening their horizons, even if they don't want to enter the community to understand where some of these things came from and why some of these things were developed. But consent, especially, um, you know, we spend so much time working on consent. That doesn't mean that we're perfect by no means. There are issues that happen, but we spend so much time on that in ways that people who are in more uh, vanilla or mainstream relationships don't. Um, and those are the sorts of things that right now we really need to be teaching because they're, they need to find a way to negotiate consent. It's a minefield at the moment. Yeah. And part of it doesn't have to be as hard as some people make it. Yeah. I know Society of Janus created and took months doing so a full consent policy. What is consent? And I try to, in the business world, in the boardroom and in the bedroom, boil it down to permission. Everybody knows what permission is. Get permission. And that ability to ask for permission, allow permission, is a respect-based style of communication. And when you're communicating and have to say all the components around the play you want to partake in or the business you want to do, you've got a a transparent, robust dialogue that can only lead to good things or not because you don't have everyone's permission. So keeping it simple, it's respect-based, it's about permission. Yes, and and unlike um, the attitude of many people, which is it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. Right, oh. and that is it, the wrong way around. And if we were to do things like that within the community, really bad things could happen. You would end up, and you would you wouldn't end up being able to run a relationship. So to actually teach people that actually that's the wrong way to go about things, and it's actually easier to ask for permission because then you don't have to deal with the fallout. Yeah, I agree. Something I come across a lot as a couples counselor is also that. Um, women, mostly women, I'm sorry to say this, have read certain books in the last couple oh, of years and watched certain movies. I'm not going to name them right now. But um, <laughs> they have, um, they they think they absolutely know how to enter um, a BDSM relationship because they know about contracts 
and they know maybe a little bit about negotiation. What they do not know is that they have a voice in this contract if they are on the submissive side. What they do not know is that if something is not okay in a contract, you have a veto right because it's your body, it's your soul, it's your mind, it's the whole life. Um, they throw around words like, oh, yeah, we have a contract and he's my master and he owns me and I belong to him. I'm his sub, his slave, blah, blah, blah. When they don't know about the simplest thing of communication and consenting and actually being able to say no. Yeah. And, and that always worries me. A lot of people come in with a little bit of knowledge and, you know, a little bit of knowledge can be a dangerous thing. So I'd like to move us on to talking about what's going on, because we're going to end up talking about this after the break, too. What is going on with the law changes? Now, I know something about this because I am in Europe, but I want your viewpoint as to what's going on with these shifts and moves. Um, there actually is, uh, there are some legal issues taking place in the, in the United States, but I think Lola can probably um, talk best to what's going on in Europe. Well, there's a lot of things running parallel. We have some good things and we have some inherently bad things, I'm sorry to say. But um, the good thing is, hey, we have no more uh, bans on uh, BDSM porn. We can have finally kink porn in the UK. Yes. Well done, UK. I'm very happy. Um, the other side is we have the new EU copy- copyright directive, which makes things very, very hard. We have... Um, Social media like Facebook that is happy to show dead people and weapons and dead animals. But for example, me, I was blocked last week for showing a consensual loving picture with a picture that. We have um, good things going on in form of the ICD-11, which isn't the the law, but it's a good directive because we base on that. Um, So kink and fetish is no longer a diagnosis. Yep. That's a good thing. We have bad things going on. Um, which isn't directly BDSM, but connected to it. For example, in Germany, we have a very harsh new law on prostitution, which is meant to save the poor women who have to work in prostitution. Sex workers are going onto the streets protesting these new laws because they do no longer feel safe. They are no longer free to speak their mind. And I think it's not very much different in in, uh, England. And I don't think it's very much different in the United States. That new law is related to the series of laws that came in last year in the U.S. Yeah. that are killing yeah. so, sex workers uh, in particular. As, as uh, Race was mentioning, Zesta, Foster, um, you know, there is a flip side to the coin and it ain't good. Yeah. I think, uh, I know we're, we're, we're close to the end of this particular segment, but... Um, in the United States, when SESTA-FOSTA, and it's a long, it's an acronym that stands for a lot of words, ostensibly to reduce human human sex trafficking, um, we just this week discovered that in San Francisco, since the law has taken place, human trafficking has increased by 170% just since the law was implemented. Wow. It, is, it is having the exact opposite effect of what it was intended for. Wow. That's absolutely shocking. And really frightening, but understandable because people who had ways of keeping themselves safe before, when the new law came in, it um, made some of the websites would could no longer survive. Um, the NCSF had an area that was devoted to helping people who had been trafficked. That got canned. Um, and so a lot of the things that people did for safety, they, they found people online instead of being on the street. And there were checks and balances to make things 
safer if you were a sex worker went out the window with this. But, but those figures are really frightening. They're extremely frightening. And unfortunately, those of us that actually put some thought into this ahead of time knew that's exactly what would happen. Yeah. Yeah. Not surprising, but, but awful. Um, so we're just about to go to break and we will be coming back and talking about um, divine deviance in the next segment. Craving more from your sexy lifestyle? Search our businesses, services, blogs, articles, and videos. And keep in touch with us by subscribing to our newsletter, all on thesexylifestyle.com. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. What is your level of sexual expertise? Want to find something new? Listen for Sisters of Sexuality every week on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. There's no judgment here, and every topic is safe and sex positive. So we'll explore them together. It's time to push your sexual boundaries and try some new experiences with your hosts, Taylor Sparks, Parrish Michelle Blair, and Jet Setting Jasmine, with Marla Renee Stewart and Tiffany Janae. You won't want to miss a single show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. This is the A to Z of sex, featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails, too. Send them to Lori Beth at DrLoriBethBisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. And welcome back, everyone. We're going to start this segment by talking about Divine Deviance. So, York, tell us about this project, please. Yeah. So, um, Divine Deviance is going to be um, a multi-part series of films about kink and BDSM, um, where each chapter is devoted to certain aspects. Um, for example, the first chapter that we're actually working on right now that we started filming is about the kink and uh, the state and the history of kink. Where did kink really begin? Where can we claim that it was the beginnings of a, uh, of kinky behavior? Where are we projecting certain things and what in 2019 actually can makes, makes kink because, um, kink, uh, that, um, race can talk about that more or Beatrice, how kink has changed over the years mm-hmm. and how, there's like way more communities that are now under the umbrella of kink that I think five or 10 years ago would not have been considered part of it. The other chapters that we're planning as we're thinking ahead are race and gender. That is both to talk about, uh, you know, women and men in kink, as well as about uh, play around gender, uh, kink and race. Same goes to, for, for that, that we're talking about both. Um, how does, uh, um, Different ethnicities, how, how does that play into kinky behavior, but also how does race play 
which is a very controversial subject. Uh, how mm. does that factor in? Then we want to talk about spirituality and kink. We want to talk about aging and kink, mainstreaming of kink, etc. Um, the first chapter will be um, a feature-length film that we're hoping to bring into movie theaters that will be between 90 and 120 minutes long with animations of old art, paintings, drawings, sketches, etc. We already got the Tama Finland Foundation in, in Los Angeles on board to provide yeah. us with art. Um, and uh, the initial chapter is supposed to have animated sequences of art. It already has what we filmed a roundtable conversation of kink experts from around the world that are in a playful and sometimes funny and also disagreeing way talking about where can we actually claim something as kink and where can't we. We've already filmed that. And then we do want to film around the world, possibly here in San Francisco, probably with one of our own, with either race or with Beatrice, one chapter of someone living a life in, in a kinky lifestyle here. Then we want to see, look what's going on in Asia, maybe focus on Tokyo, uh, may go to Japan, maybe go to China and see, you know, is there a kinky world? How do people live there? And then possibly in Europe, we've actually, I just got off the phone an hour ago with a producer in Berlin who's very much interested in collaborating with us. And this project has been very international from the beginning. Even right now, most of us are um, on the phone with you from San Francisco. But Lola, for example, is actually in the Netherlands right now. And we have a bunch of advisors uh, as part of the project who are actually from all over the world. If people are interested in this, we have a website. It's called divinedeviance.com. Very simple, divinedeviance.com with a trailer where we all introduce ourselves uh, with information about the project. And most importantly, with a donation link. We have a fiscal sponsor that actually um, funnels any donations people want to make. And we're always looking for sponsors. I know Beatrice wants me to say that. Um, we're looking for sponsors. And with the, you know, with the mainstreaming of kinkiness over the course of the past few years that we've, that we've seen, uh, we've actually gotten some surprising interest from very high-profile companies. I don't want to go into detail. I'll leave that up to Beatrice where she's comfortable. But we're actually talking to some companies that have really the big bucks that are all of a sudden looking at kink and the kinky community, which is fairly large and getting larger by the minute, as a very um, as a market for them that is worth investing into. So I don't want to hog this conversation, um, but that is kind of the basics. Did I forget anything, guys? Anything important? Well, I'd like to uh, talk about the origin of the film. Um, you, uh, your actually. Um, made a film for the National AIDS Memorial Grove in San Francisco, um, honoring the leather community's response to HIV and AIDS. Um, leather community uh, was one of the first communities to step out and start making money and taking care of their own and um, uh, publicizing the need for more money and more care. And um, so Jorg made this uh, film um, surviving Voices, Honoring the Leather Community. And um, that's really where the idea for Divine Deviance came about because as we, as he was doing that film, um, there were so many stories and so much um, compassion and love um, brought forward along with this true passion for kink, BDSM, um, uh, play, um, and lifestyle that... Um, we saw a larger story that could be told. Um, and uh, so we started working on that and that's how Divine Deviance was born. That's brilliant. 
Um, I'd like to say one thing just because we tend to, we're using the phrase kink and BDSM and we have generally used kink, BDSM and fetish. And since I know you have so many European listeners and they tend to relate to the word fetish Fetish, often more than kink or BDSM. So uh, for anyone who relates to that word, that is indeed what we are talking about. And the volume is really important. There are a lot of stories. Current indicators point at 10 to 15% of people regularly engaging in kink, BDSM and fetish practices at various times in their lives. That's 32 to 48 million kinksters in the United States alone. It's an incredibly formidable demographic. And like the LGBTQ plus population, kinky people want to do business with like-minded, openly accepting companies. The Divine Deviance LLC is using this fact, as York said I would want to chime in on, as they target prospective sponsors, not just companies that want to fund the documentary, but companies that want to serve the kinky population and donate to the documentary's success. And it's really interesting to watch the demographic evolve as well. For somebody who has been involved for, oh, 40 years, um, <laughs> you know, to watch what's it's so different life is so different now you know um and it's gone from um individual introductions and um ads in the village voice in order to meet people and find out what was going on to this incredibly huge interconnected community with with i know some quite large companies who are actually willing to consider being seen in connected with the community and and not freak out about the fact that, that what we're doing is different, whereas it was not that way many years ago at all. Also, I th- it's, it's fascinating that advertisers are intentionally using BDSM kink fetish imagery to sell their product more and more. I remember what a New York Times um, writer called me and said, why is, the, why is Louis Vuitton um, doing this uh, a gallery showing of their work and they have everyone handcuffed to the poles, the models, and they're, they're using a crop to tap everybody as they walk in. Why is BDSM selling their product? Um, I found that rather fascinating. Yeah. And it's also interesting to note that in just one business sector in the United States, um, if you take that 10 to 15% um, number that Beatrice mentioned, um, you actually end up with $4 billion annually in sales for that particular sector. And that's just one sector. So I think one of the answers to what, you know, your, what race is posing is that there's a lot of money there. And as Beatrice said, it's a formidable demographic. I think, sorry, go ahead, race. No, I was just going to say that, and it's a very loyal, dedicated demographic when when you honor us and see us and respect us we honor and respect and see you and we do that with our money as well yeah and and we'll do it forever as long as you don't screw up and you know i was just going to add that between this sector that is growing and that will obviously be interested in our film because hopefully you know with the kind of group that we've put together there's actually six of us one of our executive producers mark smolowitz who's actually the most experienced of us in terms of film, uh, is actually in Berlin right now pitching our project at the Berlin International Film Festival. Um, 
with the combination of film people with a film background and the people that have been in the King community forever, we really hope that we can a put together a high quality product that will look like a million dollars and that can actually make it into movie theaters. This is not supposed to be just online. It would be great to have this in film festivals and or movie theaters. But um, the people from the community, both uh, the ones that are part of this conversation right now and that are co-executive producers and uh, the ones that are on board as advisors, they will make sure that even that for people within the community, this is a great film as well that they can watch. So hopefully we will reach people in the community and do right by then. And at the same time, we will reach people that may have never heard anything about kink or not know much about it. And they will still be intrigued and be interested because again, for me as somebody who came to this as a relative outsider from the community, um, this idea of safe, sane and consensual is, uh, is really interesting and, and, and brilliant and something that you know I can apply to my own life without uh, being part of that community or without ever trying anything in, um, within the community. So there's a there's a there's a big there's a big um, audience for this. Yeah, and I mean it gives it, it it's a much bigger picture. And oftentimes, of course, people focus on the things that are titillating rather than on yeah. actually the larger picture. Is that this is actually a demographic? It's actually um, a series of communities and groups who live lives and that have something to contribute and something to add, as opposed to just looking at the titillating bits, which is where people tend to focus. And we'll um, still have those. Don't get us wrong. This is supposed to be sexy, you know? Well, that's good. It's still going to be sexy is important to us. You know that. <laughs> Absolutely. Sexy yeah, is the largest well, demographic in the world. Mm-hmm. I said sex is the largest demographic in the world. It sure is. It sure is. <laughs> we are heading for our final break. And for the last segment, um, it's basically a free-for-all. If you've got questions, please call in and we will answer them. If you do not... Or if you don't manage to call in, if you leave a question or email for me, I will answer it next week. Um, and so in the last segment, really whatever people feel like talking about, I think we should probably spend a little bit more time on the law in the United States as we were talking about the SESTA law. And we only had a very short period of time to talk about that. And it's important. It's important that people know what's going on um, and understand how to protect themselves and protect the people that they love as well. Um, and these changes reach further than people think they reach to the casual um, dabbler and far outside the community. So I think that's really important. And so we'll see you back very shortly. Explore your deeper desires. Listen, learn, and live sexy here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Mystery Vibe is where the best of humanity and technology combust into your pleasure. Personalized, the world's first body-adapting vibrator. Crescendo adapts, bends, wraps, and vibrates in your every curve and crevice. Use solo, duo, trio, or more. And with an app control that commands your pleasure across 12 presets. Oh, and you can even make your own vibration. Crescendo is adored by all, from feminists to Forbes. Go to mysteryvibe.com now for your pleasure. Personalized. Are you ready for your erotic journey? 
Join host Lexi Silver every week for SDC's Seek, Discover, Create, the radio show. Whether you're new at this journey or well-traveled on the sexual road, we'll help you find your way with guest experts and hot topics about sex, relationships, and your health. You can also connect with the communities of SDC.com for even more advice and discussion. Listen every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the final segment of the show. And we wanted to go back to some of the things we were talking about earlier with the law changes um, and talk a little bit more about how this impacts, because it doesn't just impact one group of people. It actually impacts families um, and, and, and people, professionals across the board. So who wants to start with that one? I would like to start with that one, Lola, here. Um, So one of the new changes is that um, I am no longer allowed to talk about certain things in public or use certain apps or messengers to use certain information. For example, about safe, saying consensual. Um, I see one of the biggest biggest pros for Divine Deviance is the educational part. It's to show that there are people you can talk to, to show you're not alone, to show that um, there are um, plenty of people who grew up knowing they were interested in kink but had nobody to talk to and they survived, um, is to show um, our professionals, our kink-aware professionals, um, what goes on in the community, how they can connect to us, how we can connect to them. But it's also for our kids, you know, if they uh, decide one day, hey, I'm, I'm interested in this. I would like my son, my daughter to know um, that they can talk to me about this or to know there are people out there they can talk to instead of falling the hand of some predator um, who might, you know, use BDSM as an excuse for unhealthy things right. that are good for my kid. I think that's really important. Here in the States, um, the United States, the impact of the SESTA-FOSTA um, legislation law um, has been rather widespread and quick. Um, Craigslist was the very first to react by taking down anything related to sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, many of us know that Tumblr took all ad- adult content off. Facebook has has begun to lock down their terms and, and conditions much more tightly around um, any kind of discussion about sexuality. And it isn't just the overt sort of um, titillating sexuality they're talking about. There are um, sex educators and HIV and STI prevention professionals that are afraid that they will not be able to give intelligent, reasoned information to people lest it be knocked off or their page knocked off or their account shut down, which would, of course, limit their ability to do the work that they do. It has wide wide sweeping ramifications far beyond just being able to look at porn online. Indeed. I mean, I've already had issues. I was in the middle of a campaign at one point and the campaign got shut down because of sex and and I said um he said you know terms and conditions and it said pornography and this that and the other and I said nowhere does that say qualified sexual therapists who are teaching 
There's nowhere in your terms and conditions. And I, I took them to task and said, look, I've got, you know, a half dozen letters after my name and you're talking to me as though what I'm doing is providing entertainment and there's nothing wrong with the entertainment. But the fact is you're not only shutting down the entertainment, you're also shutting down all of the education that is yeah. so important. When I first started out for Smart Line Ruhr um, a few years ago, um, I was talking to someone about my goals and I said, one of my goals is to find BDSM kink fetish on uh, the plans in school in sex education. Even teachers should be able to talk about this to students so they are safe. And I want this on the plans for education of um, sex therapists or whatever, counselors. When yeah. I did counseling training, I was the only kingster in the room. And every time there was a question and I raised my hand, they, at my hand, they said, uh, oh, it's the kingster again. You know, we're going to come up with something dark and leathery now. But I want this out there. I want information out there. And that's why I love this project of Divine Deviance. And two just, of the, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I just think it's so important. It's one of, the, it's one of my goals. Um, my son's 16. He edits um, my podcasts when I do um, the non-radio ones. Um, he edits all my video. He's probably the most educated 16-and-a-half-year-old there is at this point. <laughs> um, and he shares with his friends. And that's what I wanted because... In the school he, he goes to, they voted on waiting to do sex education for another year until the kids were 14. God. And they didn't want to talk. When they said they were going to talk about relationships, I volunteered to come in and talk about relationships because that was being left out. Um, and the, then teachers said, no, they're going to cover that when they're 15. And I said, you are aware that there are, are kids already having relationships and, and having um sex and there are kids already identifying as gay and identifying as bisexual, identifying as trans and queer and that there's nobody talking to them and telling them where they fit and where they can get information. So uh, to me, it's, and, and that's here. And I know that it's worse in America. It I know is there are places where there's no sex education. It's absolutely true. And what happens is that um, the more anti-sex or uh, prudish elements within our society mix together any discussion whatsoever of sexuality um, with porn. Now, there is absolutely nothing wrong with porn. I love porn. I think it's a very important thing. However, mixing it all together does a tremendous disservice to anyone who needs that information, particularly young people, but anyone. Let me point to, to two in particular, medical provider, medical service providers, and psychotherapists. Yeah. Um, it, I have heard story after story of someone going to a, a counselor, a therapist, and they say, I have a problem. They find out they're into BDSM or kink or some sort of fetish, and the therapist then says, that's your problem. And when you live in a society that is squelching all reasoned discussion about sexuality, you end up with even educated professionals having that kind of an attitude doing a disservice to everyone. And it's so, and it's so awful. And it is why the kink aware professional lists are so important. And I am on them. Um, they're essential because the amount of misinformation given to particularly young people, but even older people who are coming out for the first time who have been struggling with shame and struggling with guilt for their desires. And they walk into a, a therapist's office to get help for this. And they're told, well, you know, Sure, you should feel guilty about this. You should feel shameful about this. This is awful. This is exactly what we try to combat by actually putting calm, reasoned, educated information out there in public. And so what this law does 
is make it even worse to be able to do that. You can't get it out there in front of the people you need to get it in front of. Exactly. I've had a situation where I really felt the repercussions of this. Um, there were, I, I had to do with someone who um, forcefully outed me. And because the people who had to deal with this situation were not educated in BDSM and our laws, um, I, I was in, inherently vulnerable. I was, you know, it, it was really, really bad. So um, all those people who do deal with us in our everyday life, they need to be educated. They need to be aware of what's going on. Also why movies and projects like Divine Deviance are so important because they are not just casually entertainment. They're not just casually educational. They are truly educational and can be used as an educational component when you are trying to um, inform people about these styles of sexualities. Absolutely. And we are getting quite close to the end of the show. So I want to remind people the website is divinedeviance.com. And it will be in any of the written up notes that I put on the internet, the, the link will be there. And I want to thank all of you for coming and having this wide ranging conversation with me. It's been fantastic. Thank, thank you for you. creating the space for it. It really is a, a contribution that you give to the community at large globally. So thank you for all you do. Oh, my pleasure. I mean, we will be talking more about this. I'll be inviting people back. If you've got questions or comments, or if there's a topic you really want to hear on the show, please do write to me at Beth at drlauribethbisbee.com. If you're in the UK and you want to explore the DS, dominance and submission side of BDSM in more depth, I'm teaching two one-day workshops for Curious Kittens in March, on the 2nd of March and the 16th of March. And for tickets, um, email me is probably the easiest. The link will be in the written paperwork. Do join me again next week at 11 PST, 2 EST, 7 GMT, 8 for Central European time, when the letter will be C and we'll be talking about climaxing next week. We'll be speaking about orgasm. Does anyone have a last word? Can we come uh, back for that one? Oh, yeah, yeah come on. <laughs> Why not? Is that a participatory one? <laughs> oh, God, I wish it was. Actually, I think the woman who's coming on with me would like it to be. She's talking about not only um, climax, but she's going to talk a bit about masturbation. Woohoo! Yeah, that's her. Her mission is to get women to understand masturbation and to be willing to participate in masturbation. So that should be a lot of fun. Okie dokie, I hope I hear from all of you again, and I look forward to seeing all of you and talking with all of you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, sexy people. If you're ready to start your sexual evolution, we've got some amazing prizes to give away. Some of the great prizes include Womanizer, the most advanced pleasure product for stronger, longer, and more intense orgasms. SDC.com is giving away a lifetime membership to the sexiest online community of open-minded people. Touch from experience, warm. It warms your personal lube, then automatically dispenses it with a wave of your hand. And we can't forget, Throws of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket. Keep your bed dry no matter how wet it gets. For your chance to win one of these amazing prizes, simply send us an email at info at thesexylifestyle.com with the word contest in the subject line. Your name will be entered into the weekly drawing and remember to visit our website regularly for a list of the winners and more information about all the amazing prizes and sponsors. Go to thesexylifestyle.com contest page and enter as often as you like.
We hope you learned something today. But if you have more questions, go ahead and email them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Then be here next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of the A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. See you next week. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Mystery Vibe is where the best of humanity and technology combust into your pleasure. Personalized, the world's first body-adapting vibrator. Crescendo adapts, bends, wraps, and vibrates in your every curve and crevice. Use solo, duo, trio, or more. And with an app control that commands your pleasure across 12 presets. Oh, and you can even make your own vibration. Crescendo is adored by all, from feminists to Forbes. Go to mysteryvibe.com now for your pleasure. Personalized. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the stay-dry barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now.